Yeah, it, it is so painful because, uh, like, and we discuss it in the bio episode. So this is a bit of a spoiler. I will give you half a second to go pause this and listen to it. That's over now. The. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 104. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hedge. Ah, what's up, everybody? Uh, I hope you've got your parkas on, maybe some hot cocoa, because <laughs> we're gonna we're, we're just going to be chill today. Yeah, we're going to start out chill, and it's going to get sad. It's going to get real sad. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a disclaimer up top. This story, uh, we're talking about Nara's story today. Um, this story, towards the end is it okay put it this way it starts off as a solid story pretty straightforward and the last part because all good stories are in three parts is really well written and hits you like a sack of rocks um but i just want to let you know at the top you know it starts off kind of you know fun loving adventure and then it gets really dark uh, with this under themes uh or themes behind the scenes uh make it rhyme a little bit anyways housekeeping you ready, Hatch? Ready for housekeeping? I mean, of course, it's at the top. <laughs> you can listen to us everywhere. Um, email us at podcastcore at gmail.com. That's podcast C-O-R. Uh, visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info. And then follow us wherever you prefer or follow us everywhere because that helps us with discoverability on all the platforms. We appreciate that. And then leave a like, a comment, a review. We like to hear what you think. Um, but how we've made it this far is by word of mouth. So tell a friend to Shibanufu by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's our episode, everybody. Because <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so as I said, we're talking about Snow Day. Which is Nara's story. If you haven't listened to our Nara episode, that was the last episode. Go listen to it. What are you doing? <laughs> We're growing in order. All right? Like, go in order with us. So we start off this story where we sort of left off, right? Nara is in the future. He's kind of still doing his thing. He's very simple. Remember that. And this story starts off with a frailyard blizzard uh, that begins to howl outside of a cave. And in this nearby cave... Uh, Nar is also howling in anger because it's this unrelenting snow that he's not used to. It's kind of messing with his plans because he wants to scurry around and go on an adventure. He then decides to pull some snow into the cave and it begins to pile up and then he begins to draw something. You know, good old cave action. Uh, when in doubt, when you don't have cable, <laughs> you make do. And from memory, he's starting to be able to draw things that he doesn't quite remember, uh, but is channeling through his his artistry, and he draws this one-eyed monster with tentacles the size of a mountain. Dun dun dun. And and this is one of the reasons that we're saying if if you haven't listened to our Nar episode, like the bio episode, go listen to it because we do touch on that. This is is a big part of his story. But uh, it is nice to see that Nar has retained a little bit of his memory from like the last moments of being in the valley before Freljord became what we know today. 
because uh, that's one of those things uh, that you always have to kind of question whenever you have like the frozen in ice storyline is, hey, amnesia or not? Are we on daytime soap opera or are we on the big screen? So we got a little bit of both here. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we move on to where he's now admiring his work. He's made this painting. He doesn't really know what it means in the grand scheme. Um, we'll get into kind of some flickers of memories later down the road as well. This is the first step. Uh, but he begins to hear actual footsteps out approaching his cave. And he looks at the picture and he looks at the cave and he hears the sounds. And he's like, oh, this is like a prophecy, right? I've summoned this monster again and I'm ready to do battle. Uh, he's scared, but he's thrilled because he's Nar. Um, at this possible challenge, he gets to stand his ground. And he stands on his hind legs and he grips his boomerang and he's ready for action. And and we do know as far as like following his uh, storyline in the bio that like having the boomerang like this is like it kind of matches more of the Yordle thing because Nar doesn't have a lot of the Yordle-esque bits to him. And that's simply just because he doesn't talk. Uh, he just, you know, says Shabanuva. Um, but <laughs> but he loves that boomerang. And the so it's a combination of having something that he's familiar with and that he really likes combined with just, you know, hey, I was sick and bored because of the stupid snow. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. This is a fight. But that's going to be more fun than playing in the snow. Like, I, I was going stir crazy in here. You're, you're trapped in here with me. <laughs> <laughs> so this takes us to our second part where he's not, you know, he's ready, but it's not a one-eyed monster. Obviously, we know that as the reader. Um, what he expected doesn't come to fruition. What does is a creature. Uh, and I'll read directly from the quote here that says, rather than tentacles, it has legs, stout and stocky. Coarse fur covers its entire body, forming a frosted mane to crown its head and back. Its scarred face appears worn and bitter, marked by two ivory tusks and a stiff, pudgy snout. It's a dravasque. I believe that's how we decided to uh, to name it. Uh, yes, yes, we went with dravasque. And that that's canon now, because remember, we make the rules on pronunciation. <laughs> So the Dravask lumbers inside of Nar's cave and he starts messing up his snow painting. It doesn't know what it's doing, right? It's just trying to find warmth um, like an animal would do. Uh, but Nar will have none of that. And he immediately beams the creature uh, between the eyes with his boomerang, which is ironic because if you listen to our previous episode, his boomerang is made from the bone of a Dravask. So it's kind of insulting when you think about it at a meta level. Uh, and, and it's specifically from the jawbone of a Dravask. Yeah. So then he's hitting a Dravask with a piece of a face of a Dravask. And he's hitting that Dravask in the face. <laughs> so so that, that is like some face-on-face -face action. This is good writing, folks. This is, this is how you do it, okay? <laughs> Nuance is important. But so he... He hits the beast, it roars, and then we just get a good old kaiju battle that begins uh, because now in big mode, Nar and this thing are tussling outside the cave. Uh, Nar gets knocked down, but as the creature prepares a big charge, Nar yells in defiance, dodges the charge, slams the creature in the back, and slams it into the cave entrance, and then rocks tumble on onto the now still creature. And Nar thinks, he's like, well, it's sleeping. But why is it sleeping with his eyes open? Uh-oh. 
Yeah, uh, so this is kind of nice, like, because it does answer a question that I think that none of us really stopped to ask, which is how deep of intelligence levels does Nar possess? Because, uh, I mean, sure, like, it's easy to say that he's, you know, big and dumb just because, yeah. like, he transforms into a kaiju and he goes unga booga. But, I mean, he's still a yordle. Like, yordles are advanced creatures. They yeah. have a society and social skills. So th this this is a good way of, like, kind of really balancing out, you know, the to the readers just how intelligent Nar is. Because now Nar's got to come to terms with the concept of death. But also this means that his... His intelligence is a little childlike. Yeah. And no one likes the idea of a child learning about death for the first time. <laughs> exactly. So this is the part we warned you about at the beginning. Um, so we go into part three here where the snow around the boar, you know, begins to turn red and Nar is getting confused. He thinks the snow is just turning red, right? Like it's bad snow. And he actually responds by hyperventilating. So he's starting to have a panic attack. And during this panic attack, he's getting these rushes of memories where in the past, like Hedge talked about in our last episode, he would see tribes yelling gibberish at each other, throwing spears and fighting until one tribe fell asleep in the red snow. And that phrase is, like I put here, is one of the most beautiful yet haunting phrases to depict death from a childlike view. That is so well written um, oh, so to really painful. encapsulate his mind frame. Uh, for the specific moment. Yeah, it, it is so painful because uh, like, and we discuss it in the bio episode. So this is a bit of a spoiler. I will give you half a second to go pause this and listen to it. That's over now. The... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the but yeah so you know nar nar enjoys like in his time in the uh in his time before he takes the captain america sleep he enjoys you know kind of following around the mortals yeah he not really not really associating himself with them but watching them you know very similar to like poppy and tristana where the uh, or Timo, where the you know it's yordles that are just watching the mortals because it's like oh what the hell are these mm -hmm. and they're so different from us and just kind of you know enjoying like the learning more about them but not really putting themselves with their societies yeah because for Nar he spent more time with the yetis he liked hanging out with the yetis like they, so he's like no I'm gonna hang out with them but I'm still gonna watch the mortals yeah because you know th that was how he learned how to hunt that was how he learned what things to form for in the valley so it was he knew that there were big things happening because he was watching the mortals and noticed that instead of working together they were now arguing with each other and then sleeping in red snow yeah and now he's learning you know getting to see the red snow up close like the, we we can now assume that all the times that he's experienced watching them sleep in the red snow it's from afar yeah uh which is also kind of more horrifying too, because that means that it's this kid sitting on like a cliff top, looking down on a like a what we can only assume is a giant battlefield, because he wants to stay far enough away to not be noticed by the mortals. Yeah. <laughs> so he's from a distance able to see enough bodies lying in snow to see that the snow has turned red and that they're asleep. Yeah. 
so yeah, now now that he knows what the red snow is and what that means, he's now having these flashbacks and like, oh, oh no, <laughs> oh no, the, the, I have trauma. <laughs> yeah, it's literally PTSD. <laughs> it's like I have trauma and I didn't even know it, and that so that that's why he's going through this like rabbit hole of anxiety right now, and that's oh man, that that's rough. And the more that they kind of highlight that it's a childlike uh, behavior. Is more heartbreaking it is because it's like poor guy. And the fact that his PTSD plays into his transformation into what essentially is a destructive monster that's uncontrollable. Like these themes, you would think uh, when you play the game, if you just play the game, you don't know anything about the lore and you play NAR, right? You're like, okay, well, you would never get that depth from what we get in the stories. And that's why we love telling these stories and going through them and, you know, representing the themes more clearly to people who don't really get it on the surface. Uh, because we've had, we've had plenty of characters up to this point where this applies, right? Like Ari's one of them. Um, oh, speaking of Ari. Mar, once again, uh, Annie, we reference Annie a lot. Her early stuff, like her early life is definitely related to this as well, which that one makes more sense on, <laughs> on its face. Right. Um, yeah. But there's so much depth to so many characters that when you look at their character as far as just the marketing for playing the game, it's so much more different from what's actually going on. Yeah, I, I mean, especially I remember when NAR first dropped into the game and, you know, like myself and a lot of other league players, you know, we just joked of like, haha, Hulk mad, Hulk smash. <laughs> yeah. Like, because that's that's what the gameplay is looks like. It's this little guy bouncing around and yeah. then all of a sudden. And his sound, know, his uh, voice lines are so good. Bunga, bunga. Yeah. Uh, but but and then all of a sudden he's gigantic and tossing a boulder or tossing an entire team yeah. <laughs> into a wall. So the like you don't get the nuances of like what makes Nar different from the Hulk. Yeah. Uh, like just by playing the game. Like it's these stories that kind of break it down more because for the Hulk. Yeah, you know, sure, it's we could go into like the radiation of Eric Banner and stuff, but it is a transformation of just anger. Yep. Where with Nar, Nar still doesn't even know what the transformation is. Yeah. It they're because the in his bio, it's trans that transformation is triggered by just seeing an enemy and it's almost more self-defensive. Yeah. And he, he doesn't even realize he's transforming. He's like, I'm gonna throw a snowball at this monster. And then sees half of a mountain in his hands flying at the guy. Like, he he doesn't even realize he's transformed. Yeah. Where, and Hulk like, is such an apt description, right? Because the the big difference is that he's an adult and he's one of the most intelligent men in the world in that universe. Where we're dealing with a child, essentially, who's going through this type of transformation. So, you know, like I said, this story was surprising the first time I read it. Oh, it's very surprising. And I was not prepared for like how much depth it would give, especially like, you know, considering the fact that, um, I mean, you know, kind of a spoiler, spoiler to the listeners. We're, we're at the end of the story, like, you know, breaking it down into bullet points. There's not a lot to really cover. It's like he's it's a snow day. He doesn't he doesn't like it. He wants to go outside and play. Someone comes inside to play instead. <laughs> and then he learns about death. And like that, it's like, <laughs> sure, that's like generic. It's as generic as you could get as far as the bullet points, but that's still only like five bullet points. Yeah. And that like, fifth it, one is a doozy. <laughs> but the fifth one is a, such a doozy and it answers so many questions. And I think it's just incredible the depth to it 
because you don't realize there are questions that you needed to ask. Exactly. Like th- this is a story that's like, oh, by the way, you haven't been asking the right questions. Here, here are the answers to them, though. <laughs> and so I, th- I think that's why I, I did enjoy this so much. Yeah, and it wraps up with because we got a little bit more sadness for you. Uh, he ends up calming down. He goes back into the cave, which is now his safe space. He shrunk down again. Uh, and then he ends up hugging his boomerang tightly because that's like the closest thing, as Hetch mentioned, to him, to like a loved one. It's his hug box is literally um, the boomerang. But there's there's one other thing he decides to do when he finally calms down is he skitters back outside the cave where the creature is, quote unquote, sleeping. And then he begins to slowly pay, play snow on top of this on top of this giant creature to him now, because he's smaller, with his tiny paws. I think it was a little raccoon, like scooping snow, and it's the saddest uh, image, but his mentality at the end here is, quote, because for Nar, it is sleeping after all, and it will need a blanket. And that is like, what are you doing? Who is the, who who wrote this, you you psycho? Why do you do this? Like, oh my God, I, I need, I need to find a boomerang and hold it tightly. (laughs) It's so heartbreaking. But that, you know, we, we wanted to go deep into that, the ending of this story, because that ending makes the whole story worth it. It's a shorter one. Still read it. If you, you know, even if you listen to this, um, to really get that gut punch. Uh, but as always, this is a short one. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with the next episode. Yeah, take care, everybody.